You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 181, Dark Tranquility. Hosted by Dan Terry. I am so glad that you asked me that, Joe. Jeff Kane. So I guess I should start talking about myself now, huh? And Joseph Wren. I will take a cover over a re-record any day. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your state of being is dark and brutal and filled with dissonance, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff. There's not a whole lot of dissonance, but... I mean, there can be. If you like electronic dissonance, this is your band. I'm all about electronic dissonance and death metal and over-the-top keyboards. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think we're going to be pretty harmonious in our uh, our love of this band, unless you guys completely surprise me. I mean, I know everybody's expecting me to throw a shit fit during Haven. Um, spoilers, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> just be ready <laughs> no, for that, I guess. You just got to remember, hmm, what other band has Mike sang for? And then Haven is actually really fucking good. Haven makes a whole lot of sense all of a sudden. Yep. The cool thing about this band, and we're, we're going to try not to like have this conversation over and over and over again tonight, uh, but you know they, they were kind of a sister band to another band uh, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> that we now despise. <laughs> and um, you know, so it's going to be really hard not to make those comparisons of like where that band fucked up really, really, really bad and their career burned down in flames. And um, <laughs> who the fuck decided it was a good idea to re-record Clayman? Oh fuck! Are you? Are we doing this right now? We're doing uh, this. Fuck, fuck them! You know what? I didn't even give it the time of day because it's not even fucking worth it. Because I already know it's going to be shit. So I'll just let you fuckers talk about it because there's no well, way in hell I'm going to listen to it. I haven't heard the re-record of uh, Pinball Map yet, but I have a feeling it's going to make me want to kill myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, if he comes in there just like, like, seriously, I, I swear that they're going to come in like, okay, this is how it's going to start. It's going to be like, and then it's going to cut to nothing but piano. And Anders is like, yeah, he did buy the pinball map. And I'm just like, it said, and then it screams in flames. It's going to be terrible. Okay, is what I'm trying to, trying to get to. Like, it's so bad. So you're telling me you'd rather have Richard Cheese cover it? Is that what you're telling me? By the pinball map. I will take a cover over a re-record any day. The driver, still unknown to me. Yeah, like that would be awesome. No, it's it's not a re-record. It they're not even the same fucking band anymore. Okay, well, let's get the number one. Let's get that straight. You know, the, it's not the same band. Just musically, they're not. So it is, it is a cover. It's like how Torture Killer started off as a Six Feet Under cover band, and then they got Chris Barnes to sing for their band. <laughs> Kind of yeah. like it's kind of like that, but somehow way worse. But it still says "In Flames" on the cover. It's not the same band musically, okay, but it still says "In Flames." Why? That's my question. You could have made a live record and played it however you wanted to, but you had to re-record it. Was well, there some magic missing that you needed to put on cassette, vinyl, or CD? I love in the press release, too, how they're like, yeah, we're re-recording five songs from that album, and uh, we think the fans are really going to like it. We don't like it. Who thinks that? <laughs> but it probably, I mean, it, 
they sell more now than they did back then or they let me rephrase that they make more money now than they did back then okay so obviously they're talking about two different sets of fans now there's another band that i used to love that went down the same path where we loved them because i know consistently consensusly the three of us loved this other band and we're not big fans of them now and that's afi yeah yeah i mean that's essentially i mean that's the closest thing that i could think about uh, of a band just completely going off on a, a separate tangent that just doesn't make any fucking sense uh obviously afi did it more pronounced than in flames did it in flames kind of you know teased you along for about three or four albums before they really shit the bed but it's the same kind of thing it it's they're talking about the new fans trying to discover you know get them to rediscover their old music and this is the gateway drug is the re-record anniversary stuff well jeff it's if afi wants to sit down and record their version of Clayman, i'll listen to it and i'll probably make fun of it i think i would probably like the new afi i like the new afi more than i like the new in flames for starters i mean it's not even close and i can't i don't particularly care for the new AFI. You're breaking that's my mind I, right now, but I'm going to let that, you have that's it. Not, <laughs> no, that's just how much I despise the new In Flames. But I'm, all, I, all I'm trying to say is that we are no longer their core fans. You could say the same thing with Star Wars. Whenever they're talking about their fans, they're talking about the fans from 7, 8, and 9, not 4, 5, and 6. You know, So they're talking about John Drake. Yeah. Good. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're the fans of the old stuff. We're not the fans of the new stuff. That... that so we're not they're not we're not the fan base that's being pandered to anymore so no in their mind we are no longer their fans in their mind so i i think that's and it's very clear so i i'm not i, I you know yeah am i butthurt about it sure i am i mean because i love the i love the early stuff man hive i mean just fuck man that's the shit but whatever it, it, it's water under the bridge thank god we got dark tranquility to keep us going all of these years later and thank you for getting us back on track. Yes. Yeah, this could have been an hour-long tangent, so. <laughs> I was about to launch into some shit, so. How many beers have you had? Just one, and not even finished. I've had, like, three drinks out of it. Yeah, you'll be fine. Well, before Jeff finds the duct tape and learns her silent language, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do love our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and I have one right here for you. This one was by Paul Boyd. Okay, I know it's you, Paul Boyd, but it's Paul Boyd. It's spelled, it's spelled <laughs> funny uh, on here. And uh, Paul sent us an email uh, a couple couple weeks ago. So, um, But anyway, he left us a five-star review. It just says, great podcast. Metal is both Dio and Dan Wayand. And, uh, and, and, and I like that. I, I think that that really, really does encapsulate what we do here. And that, you know, because like this band, especially that we're talking about tonight, Dark Tranquility, you know, um, obviously they're known for being like a heavy band, like, a, you know, but then the dude's got this other band called Hammerfall that's uh, very, very um, classic metal, power metal, yeah, power so to metal. speak. 
Um, and, you know, but we like all of it. It's all metal. And it all deserves to be discussed. And we will discuss it all eventually. <laughs> There's a lot to get to still. Even until until I quit or die, yeah. Uh, you're gonna die. Well, I'm gonna di- I'm on a diet now, so uh, you know I-, I could live forever at this point. So Dan, tell me about dark tranquility. I am so glad that you asked me that, Joe. Did I ask or did I say? Oh, you do you, it. You kind of forced me to do it, but I'm just <laughs> to keep the peace. I'm just saying it's a question. Dark tranquility is a melodic death metal band from Gothenburg, Sweden. Gee, we've heard that before. I mean, they're part of the Holy Trinity. If Jeff yes, wasn't already are. here, he would be here as soon as you mentioned Gothenburg. You know, yes. <laughs> in, in Flames, At the Gates, Dark Tranquility. You can thank those three bands for all of the riffs that you've heard from other bands for the past 15 years. Yep. All of you the metalcore, all of the death metal, all the melodic douchecore that happened for a while there. Douchecore? Like a mirror? <laughs> is that is a mirror du- douchecore? I, I don't know. Okay. Sorry, all you Amir fans. I mean, you're probably douches, but Do they it's have okay. fake drums, <laughs> bass drops, and programmed everything? Oh my god, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how far down the road. <laughs> we did we didn't do an Amir episode now. I feel like and who knows? I mean th- if if we do an Amir episode, like I might it, it might be like a total transformation. I might just turn into a bigger douche than I already am and love it <laughs> like I did with the Limp Biscuit episode. So you you know, you never know. Yeah, you got Limp Biscuit. Uh, Pantera. You ended up loving Pantera when it was all said and done. I didn't say I loved Pantera. You tolerated, okay. Tolerated Pantera. I did a professional discussion about Pantera's music. Okay. Right, fair enough. What about a professional discussion about some awesome Anders vocals? Uh, well, we're going to get into that. Huh? We're going to get into that. Huh? So, no? <laughs> with Dark Tranquility, they kind of stand out in a way that In Flames doesn't anymore. I think out of the three, In Flames was probably the most successful. Uh, at the oh, gates, hands down. At the gates came pretty damn close, but In Flames was the first one to take that Gothenburg sound and, and really bring it to the masses and uh, eventually water it down and totally fuck themselves as a band musically. But anyway, uh, Dark Tranquility is cool because they have not done that. Um, they put out a shitload of albums. We're going to talk about all of them tonight. And... Um, well, they've got pretty humble beginnings, I'm not going to lie. 1993, Sky Dancer. All right, I'm probably going to be in the minority. Love this fucking album. Don't assume you're in the minority. This is straight old school. I want to be thrash, death metal, grind, just thrash as fast as I fucking can. This is right up my fucking alley, sir. Yeah, I know most people, critically speaking, disliked Anders' vocals on this. Maybe it's because of just re-listening to it now, knowing where Anders is at today, made me just, you know, pine. You know, I was pining for old Anders vocals. And even though these are not as solid as what he's done in, you know, early in Flames, I just love the shit out of it, man. His his screams to me are just, just a little enough. There's enough crack in there, enough crazy in there to know that uh, they're, they're not... No, they're not professional on this album, but for whatever reason, I just love it. And I'm normally a, a, a perfectionist and a clean freak when it comes to that stuff, but I don't know. I really dig it on this album. Uh, musically, it, you know, sonically, it still kicks ass all these years later. So I fucking love it, man. It, it I was, um, it brought me back to uh, a better age, back when Anders could still kick some ass and take names. 
Skydancer is an all over the place album. Uh, the Gothenburg sound had not really been perfected yet. So you had death metal bands in Sweden at the time. Uh, you had Dismember. You had Entombed. You know, you, you but these bands sounded more like um, like the Swedish take on like Floridian death metal. Like they definitely did their own thing with it, but it wasn't like the Gothenburg stuff. And I may be the only person to ever say this, but I feel like I feel like the melodic death metal stuff that was coming out of Gothenburg, the early Gothenburg sound, almost sounds a little bit more like black metal to me than than death metal, than like Floridian down-tuned Cookie Monster death metal. Uh, you know, they've got they've got the drumming of death metal. They've got the the, the pace, the riffs, the, the the wanting to change riffs every three seconds disease. Uh, but I think the, what really holds a record like this back is that there was no like clear direction. They were just they were trying to hash out a sound. They were trying to be as heavy as they possibly could in 1993. That's it. They're playing yeah. fast. They're playing as intense as you could in 1993 when your release was most likely going to be a, a cassette. Yeah, I mean it's it's very frantic, and I think that's what is weird about it. It reminds me a lot of At the Gates early material. I wonder why that is, because uh, those <laughs> dudes like I swear those dudes all just lived in the same neighborhood and just like, well, who's practicing tonight? Okay, uh, Monday it's In Flames, Tuesday it's it's Dark Tranquility, Wednesday it's it's uh, At the Gates. You know the, these Dude, bands all the sounded neighborhood. <laughs> these bands, they these, did. yeah, I mean these bands all sounded so similar to each other in the beginning. That it's hard, it's actually kind of hard to believe, but I think the I think what I like about this record, I like the melodic sensibility, I like the franticness, I like how many different directions they go in, and how they try really hard to incorporate as many different elements into their sound as they can. So you've got like, you've actually got like melodic female vocals, um, and you've got kind of like that almost like folksy, like folksy rhythm that a lot of bands from Sweden like to use. Um, it, it does in a certain way sound like folk music just played with electric guitar. So like they're, they're trying to add all of these like folky and gothy elements to their sound. But I don't know if it works here because I just feel like that sort of stuff needs a higher production value uh, to really hit the way that it does. And this, this from a production standpoint, sounds like a demo because for all intents and purposes, it basically was. But they just happened to be enough to be considered a full length. Yeah, the, uh, what is it, Anna Kaisa, I think is the, she is a an, an actual folk singer. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense. One of the guest stuff that she guests on. That's actually my favorite stuff that um, the tracks, oh, crap, which ones are they? I think it's A Bolt of Blazing Gold and Through Ebony Archways. Uh, those two are probably my favorite on here. I, I actually like her, uh, the kind of, you know me, I like the dynamics. I like, uh, you know, the the posing figures. That uh, that's that shit always, you know, tends to suck me in on an album. And uh, I I I really did enjoy uh, this album quite a bit. And there's actually, you know, there's other times with In Flames that I re I actually like Anders Anders harsh vocals with female cleans. I think for whatever reason, for me, it's always done it for me. So. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a decent start. I like it a lot more than I liked the early At The Gates records because I felt like those were really directionless and they just went on forever. This record doesn't really do that. I mean, it, it kind of gets in and gets out. It's still like 40-something minutes, like 45 minutes or something like that, but 
it's not a sprawling epic, and I feel like they didn't bite off more than they could chew here. I don't think the melody is out of place. Metal at its core is very melodic. I'm not talking about thrash metal, talking about heavy metal everywhere other than the United States in the mid to late 80s, early 90s. It wasn't only about being brutal, but it was about being heavy and dark. But it all has melody at its core. So you would get those traditional sounds or those traditional melodies thrown in, and it's not clean. It's probably a demo at best, but it also sounds like an old school brutal intense thrash record i'm into it i think it i think it really is like we give a lot of credit to anders for the vocal output on this but like michael stani is still in the band on this record and he is playing guitar but also does backing vocals so some of those screams are are still kind of more legit dark tranquility i think than maybe sometimes people give him credit for um he's still very much a part of the band and on this first release and i also think that that is what makes the transition into the gallery a little bit easier well yeah i mean the, the one thing uh i want to hit on that we were talking a couple minutes ago about at the gates when you compare the discographies over the years between the two uh at the gates i think just got lucky on an album dark tranquility you know kind of hit the stride and has been the torchbearer ever since but yeah, I, I get what you're saying as far as like with with Mike, you know, with Stani, he he did all the clean vocals on this. Thank God, because <laughs> yeah. he's a hell of a singer. I mean, that's one thing that a lot of people don't give that guy enough credit for. I mean, for Christ's sake, the dude was in Hammerfall, which is a power metal band. The dude can fucking sing. So if you have a fucking problem with them singing, you. <laughs> besides that, <laughs> I've missed that beep. Where has it been? <laughs> No, but I'm serious. I mean, I, the, the dude's fucking amazing. He's very like, talented, yes. He, he is out of his mind uh, talented. And so you're right. The transition was an easy one to make because obviously it, it just, as time was going forward, it didn't fit with Anders. You know, they fired him from the band. Yeah. And it was the best move that Dark Tranquility ever made. And thank for a couple of things, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it really allowed, you know, Michael to shine and show how good he really is because let's face it here sonically speaking he is 10 times what Anders is when you when you speak of their vocal capabilities collectively oh yeah there is no comparison there it just it just it's not there but the other thing that happened is it gave us early in flames no matter how much we talk and get pissed off about in flames now there's still a special place and at least in my heart for the early in flames because that shit was like you know it was my it was my fucking bible man i mean that shit was anthemic for me i mean it was so important in my uh you know 25 you know 20 years ago as far as metal was concerned that band was just infinitely influential in my music taste today it's also the reason why they pissed me off today is because you know well I like that shit from back then. But that's besides the point. I love the fact that we ended up getting, you know, three amazing bands out, out of this group of people that, you know, essentially, you know, everybody knew each other. That's what made this, you know, made this shit so cool. You know, you're talking about this teeny tiny town. I mean, because technically, what, uh, Gothenburg's only like 80,000 people or something like that? It's not, it's not big, okay? And there is an entire, you know, 
genres genres of music that have essentially three bands uh, to thank for it when it comes to locked up well i guess there's a you know you could throw carcass in there too with you know with, with heart work and stuff like that but you, you get the idea are we ready for the gallery yes sir 1995 <laughs> all right this is we, we hit hit the stride we're here it's time they have arrived that's all it took all that history of gothenburg and influence that led to the sounds of the early to mid 2000s all of that one record and we're already here yep this is where the shit really started getting good uh, this is you know how i said the the first album was them trying to hash out a sound this is the result of that hard work this is the the result of of the experimentation of like okay does this work in our sound or does it not do we need to hold back on this um First and foremost, you have way better production. You have a thicker, more full sound. You have songs that are composed. You have you, you everything's put together as a package on this. It's not a bunch of random ideas. It's actually composed songs put into a specific order for a reason. And not even to mention Michael Stani's overwhelming vocal presence on this record. It's the first one, well, for Dark Tranquility anyway. Uh, where he really came in and just took it all, took the bull by the horns and just made this an incredible release. This has all of the staples of everything that you like about Gothenburg death metal. But what I like about it is it doesn't have, like this is before all the tropes existed. So it's like it's like one of the most pure expressions of the form. Right, it's Gothenburg death metal before Gothenburg death metal meant something. Essentially, this is a regional thing, just like blues in England in the early to late 60s. Nobody called it what we call it today. It was just music. Yeah. I mean, it. it same thing like, you know, what we call new metal now. I mean, you know, Corn and Limp Biscuit, they were just fucking making music. Yeah, we just making called it metal liked. back then. Yeah, I mean, it was just metal. I mean, it, it, if you uh, if you go back in a time capsule, you know, on, on the gallery, that's what you'd call it. You'd call it metal. I mean, because it it's way too melodic for to be called death metal. I mean, because death metal was a, was a thing by then. At least, at least, in, it's an infancy as far as calling it death metal. So you couldn't call this death metal because it was just too melodic. So I guess that's where the melodic death metal came from. You know, eventually, it's just it sounds like that, but it there's uh, it's melodious on top of it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's got the blasting of death metal and occasionally the the down tuning and the extreme vocals. It's weird to me, though, and again, I keep saying this, and everybody's going to be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But what, I, what I'm what i getting, I get such a bigger black metal vibe off of this stuff than death metal, and I, so I don't understand why it is so heavily associated with death metal, because it's got the high-pitched growling vocals, it's got the keyboards. On the earlier albums, it had the bad production, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it, it comes across kind of more that way to me. Um, and on this one, even a little bit of kind of like a gothic metal sort of sound is is established. Well, and I, I think partly is because those two genres, you know, there's harmonies in it. There's melody in it, uh, generally speaking. And so that's the reason why you're kind of feeling that same vibe. Because, yeah, melodic death metal is essentially a, a combination thereof of everything of the aforementioned. And I, I think that's why we like it is because there's there's enough uh, it's not a pure form if that makes any sense because there's there's enough different things going on you can't 
say religiously that it's one thing or the other. So it it has mul- you know has multiple influences there, and I think that's the reason why, at least for me, that's the reason why I'm I tend to be drawn to mel- melodic death metal so much is because I, I like that entertainment of the uh, the ebbs and flows. You know, is that's one of my favorite sayings. But yeah, I mean, that's what makes it so appealing to me. And, and I'm I'm sure that there's other people that feel the same way. It's also the same reason why I love metalcore. I mean, because this is where metalcore is pulling from. I love metalcore for the same reasons. And even the badass metalcore that, you know, that's not metalcore, this is metalcore. I like that metalcore too, because it's the same shit. I mean, yeah, I love that. It's hard to, um, to be in our shoes and listen to music so much and uh, not appreciate you know genres that are like this that tend to expand over other genres you know over and over again because that's what keeps it interesting for us since we listen to so much damn music and i know this came out in 1995 but to me it just sounds like heavy dark melodic metal black metal as dan would say to simplify it that is what it sounds like I'm a little spoiled because I know where it ends. I know where we're going to be in five years, where we're going to be in 10 years, and where they're going to be as recently as four years ago. So listening to it for what it is, this is just a solid metal record. It's melodic as hell, and I love it. I love the vocals. I can't get over it, man. His, his vocal presence is so strong on this. The riffs are so well composed. It all just fits together like a perfect like little puzzle. It's a very powerful release in their discography. And I think the influence is the influence on other bands is just completely undeniable. And I like that I like that Dark Tranquility took kind of the darker gothic sound and that they kind of stuck to that for a little while because I don't really think because I think in Flames, you know, their theme was space starting out, you know? Um at the gates, I don't even know what the fuck they were, what their theme was, other than just like they didn't just either. keep that's- just just hang on, just hang on until you get slaughter- to slaughter the soul, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but Dark Tranquility, they kept a lot of those things. Like if you look at if you look at In Flames Lunar Strain, which coincidentally also had a strong performance by Michael Stani on the vocals. Uh, you know, it had a lot of the same elements in Lunar Strain as you hear in the gallery. In an alternate timeline, you could listen to Lunar Strain and go straight to this record. Um, and I and I think I, I think there's things I like about it, like just the the tendency to go towards violins and, and female vocals, and then even Michael's own clean singing, uh, which he doesn't do a whole lot on this record. He mostly just screams in the way he does. But uh, but he'll throw a clean vocal in there every now and again, just letting people know that he's more than that, you know. And uh, it just uh, works so well. And I love I love the old school production because it's high production for 1995 in an extreme metal release, and so it just sounds so fucking good. Uh, when I was listening to it at home on my speakers, it just oh, it just it just pumped in all the right ways. You've got all the stuff that you don't get in modern metal albums. Everything's everything's real nothing's punched in there's no there's no you know, the drums are being played by a human being you know like it's all just uh it's 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 like a sweet spot and 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 really really exciting to listen to um and believe it or not after all that praise this is still not my favorite dark tranquility album are we ready for the mind's eye 
I think we are because Dan said just about everything that I wanted to say. Because that is spot on. I mean, it, it's this is what uh, this is what made it happen, man. I mean, I'll, I fucking love these guys. Oh, it is worth mentioning real quick that they did uh, have a bonus track released in Japan, and they did a cover of Metallica's uh, "My Friend of Misery," and uh, that was kind of cool, kind of hearing their take on it. 1997. Would anybody like more thrash metal tropes from the 80s, including acoustic guitars playing highly reverb chorused melodies, going from extremely fast to extremely slow with really creepy vocals, and it still sounds like Dark Tranquility? Hey guys, do me a favor. Pronounce track two. Is it Zoda Jackal Light? No, <laughs> uh, Zoda Jackal. Okay. The, G, the J is, is uh, not a J sound. I used to call it Z uh, Zo Ejaculate Light. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I just had to throw Ejaculate in there, but it's just uh, because that's basically that's basically what I did when I heard this album. Um, it, it is because uh, like the gallery was really good, but it also still had that kind of frantic pace that uh, that Skydancer had, and and that's cool. But this is like. This is where Dark Tranquility kind of drops into their mid-paced, um, like I call it kind of a swing. This is where, you know, you've got like the guitars are going, everything's going kind of mid mid to slower paced, and Michael's just singing like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to really how to describe it, but this is the first album where they do that, and it's one of the, it's one of the biggest staples of their sound. It has groove in it. Locked into a groove, yeah. You that's can better say than a, that. That's better than a, than, than a swing, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you have melodic metal, it works best when you have a groove, when you have the rhythm section in sync. The guitars are doing enough noodly melodies that are going along with each other and against each other that the drums can either play fast or they can keep everything locked in together so it's a nice change and it's not so much a change as they added it to the music but they're able to lock in and actually play the song instead of just play the instruments as fast as you possibly can which is not always as good yeah it's nice whenever there's a little bit of thought put into it instead of just pure aggression and speed there's more to music than just that even metal there's more more to it than just aggression and speed shockingly i know but yeah th these guys just i mean it, the fact that they hit their stride on the second album they figured it out kicked ass take took names and just went to town i mean these guys are great i'm i don't know what else you can say i mean i know that we're gonna get to a, a point that some people are gonna jump off the bandwagon and we're getting pretty close to that but uh <laughs> well you know i just think that this record is it's untouchable. Like the, these first few are so untouchable, <laughs> you know, in, in, in every way. I mean, you can nitpick the first record cause it's a first record or whatever, but like you get to album two, three, four, you just, you don't have anything to complain about. This, this is the band hitting their stride. They still have their youthful, uh, aggression, but they're still incorporating those Gothic elements into the band. They're still incorporating those like, the, the just I don't know man their, their sense of melody is so I don't know how to explain it like spiritual almost like it, it's just very um, I don't know it hits you in the feels in a weird way the way they're able to kind of craft melody and make it cool and not tropey and generic and um, you know there's no trope I, I, at that I, point though 
There's no generic at that point. Generic is arguably the first record where they were just playing grind fast thrash. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't call that one generic. I would call uh, later in flames generic. If we want to, you know, when we're talking within this the whole eternity of bands, that that's what I would call generic. You know, this the first album was just them trying to find their ground, and they found it really quickly. The and I don't think that's what makes this this group so great. Uh, whenever you're talking about how it kind of hits in the feels spiritually, what it reminds me of. Uh, obviously, they're two, they're two very different bands, but Alice in Chains was like that. You know, it, it hits you in a way that is very difficult to describe, but there was just something magical going on that you was literally being transmitted to you through the airwaves. And that's kind of what I feel with, you know, early, you know, especially albums two and three, uh, you really get that there's something, you can tell there's something special going on. It's something magical, and that's what I think. Sometimes that's what makes it great. You can't put your finger on it. There's something extra there that is almost indescribable, but you know it's there because that's what's making it different and what's making it better than everything else. Yeah, they're providing you with something that you're really not getting anywhere else. And I know you know we talk about the whole trinity of bands, but like this doesn't sound like In Flames. This doesn't sound like At the Gates. Um, I mean, cosmetically they play the same genre, but you know what I mean. Like it's. Dark right. Tranquility is a unique band in that they, what they deliver to you is actually like what their band's name is, is what the band actually sounds like. <laughs> you know, like it's a it's a fulfilled promise. Like it's dark, but it's tranquil. It's not it's not like they're gonna just beat you over the head with like extreme brutality, you know? They're they're here to convey something. They're here to convey an emotion. Uh, and they're using extreme metal to to accent that emotion and, and deliver it in a way that's more digestible for, like, fans. But, I mean, oh my god, like, they, they're not afraid, like, at this point in their career, they're starting to take a few, a few risks. Oh, well, that's about ready to change. They're going to take, uh, well, maybe not a few risks, but they're about ready to take one massive major risk. Well, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, you can hear elements of that in this record. The more yeah, melodic know, you know, tendencies, like especially yeah. like Heat On, that song is a fucking epic, and the, obviously it's delivered with all the care that they've had up to this point. But like, if you think for even a second that this band is not going to go like full on melodic, they're not going to go full on fucking rock opera on us, then you're not listening. <laughs> 1999 Projector. Now this one is going to. Tend, tend to split the fan base because uh, this is not a quote-unquote typical melodic death metal sound that you would uh, associate with Dark Tranquility, but I love it, and it's mainly because Stane is just... Uh, the dude's a legend. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm more than happy to hear his clean singing because it's good. It's really, really good, and that's what makes this album work. If he did not have the chops to have good, clean vocals, this would suck. I think what it really is with Projector is that it's a transitional album because it does still have those melodic death metal trappings. You know, it's still like this is where they're trying to drop some experimentation in just to see how it goes over. Like, okay, we're going to have a song where it's going to be, you know, just a fast straight ahead melodic death metal song. 
But then after that, we're going to lead it in with some electronics. And, you know, Michael's going to sing for for most of it as like a buildup. And then maybe we'll throw some screams in at the end and get a little heavy towards the end. But like this just showed that they were, you know, starting to like take these exterior elements, these gothic elements and try to push them a little bit into the into the future into almost more like sci-fi territory and they do that with the sound very very well and and how they convey sci-fi is with electronics this is 1999 were people still arguing about keyboards in metal if anything exists in metal people are arguing about it right now yeah because what there's plenty of plenty of guitars in here that aren't distorted as well i mean so that's another thing but that's, that's like not a, new for dark tranquility though no but there's a lot more of it this time around than there has been in the past but you're right it's not like they haven't done it before kind of like what you're talking about with the clean vocals i mean they kind of foreshadowed that something like this could happen yeah totally the, the, the there's more in the in the grab bag of elements of dark tranquility maybe there's some stuff in there that you're not expecting but if you're listening close, you can kind of predict it. Um, I I love this record because I feel like it was the best parts of the Mind's Eye mixed with the best parts of Haven. It's a good transitionary record, and a lot of bands don't give us that. You know, there's a lot of bands that would jump right to Haven. <laughs> you know, after the Mind's Eye, uh, but for whatever reason, Dark Tranquility, even even in their experimentation, knows how to rein it in a little bit. Like there, there's a there, there's great care in the musical decisions being made, and that they're like, okay, if this is gonna just be all melodic and electronics and keyboards and stuff, we're gonna lose everybody overnight. But if we put a record, if we put a record out that has a combination of what we normally do and those elements, then if we decide to go full melodic after that, it's not like we didn't warn you. Yeah, this is it's still good shit. I don't care what anybody says. And there's a lot of people that don't like it. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I like it when the band's willing to uh, kind of put themselves out there, take some risks. Kind of a broken record when I say stuff like that. And, uh, you know, really for Stani, it's not a risk because he just got done. Because, well, 98 is when he left Hammerfall, I think. I think 96, but it was around oh, around that time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's you know, essentially he's just taken his vocal prowess and melded it into one band instead of having two outlets. And I do like the fact that they, you know, a lot of times with metal bands, they will use, you know, harsh vocals and then they will bring in the clean vocals as the, you know, the icebreaker. And in this instance, it's kind of the opposite. It, whenever it's time for the crescendo, that's whenever it's the harsh vocals. So, yeah, it works well. It works, sounds great. Still listen to it today. I still enjoy it. And uh, nothing's going to change that. I think Projector is, is fantastic. And I think... You know, this band introduced these elements in such a way that was very respectful to the fan base, you know, and I don't think a lot of bands do that. And I don't know if that was what their intention was, or maybe maybe we're just witnessing the real time revelations that they had, you know, as they were writing. It's probably that. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I appreciated it because at this point in the career, I've, I've been wondering, like, when is this band going to go full on melodic? Because they've been hinting at it for three records. There, there's always been some element to the preceding albums that made you think that this band might go in a different direction. You just can't predict. You just can't predict when. And um, and his voice on this record is just so like eerie. It's like we talked about Savior Machine a while back and how that dude like 
Like this is like a good version of that, you know. Like, like, say, like where, this where, is, where are you going with this, Dan? Because oh man, <laughs> yeah. Like this, this is I feel like what he thought he sounded like the dude from Savory Machine thought he sounded like. What, what you mean is is good, <laughs> but like it's that it's that deeper like David Bowie type of type of vocal, you know. Um, and it adds so much to their whole like, you know. I was talking about how they had kind of like a gothic sort of thing going on on the previous records this is also very much on brand for that but what i like about it is that it moves a little bit away from the gothic antiquated sort of sound and the electronics kind of move us a little bit into the future meaning that maybe the the theme the theme of the music is starting to shift a little bit more towards like futuristic sci-fi sort of concepts are we ready for haven I mean, I don't know if anybody was ready for Haven. Nobody was ready for the year 2000. There was this thing where all the computers were going to crash because their clocks were wrong and everything was going to collapse. And if you think about it, the only thing that would happen would be the clock would go back to 1900. It wouldn't prevent the computer from booting. So is that really a problem? Well, that's not necessarily true about Y2K. There were legitimate issues that were simply fixed prior to Y2K happening. It's kind of like COVID-19, everybody stays inside and less people start getting sick and everybody's like, see, wasn't even real anyway. It's, it's kind of like that. Like, you know, the, the reason these some of these disasters didn't happen is because of people's hard work to prevent them from happening. Yeah, and I guess the other thing that we got to mention too, because we've done it on the other uh, quote-unquote holy trinities, is the footprint that's left by a Frederick, Frederick Nordstrom. Yes, because he, he produces a lot of this stuff. Almost and all I, of I, it. Yeah, and I figured we need to mention that. That is kind of the uh, besides the fact you know the bands you know you have crossed you know membership and have known each other for a long time. You know, Frederick has been there. You know, for you know produced some of these you know albums that have been so important to us over the years. So I, I just want to make sure that we we don't forget to to mention him again because he is a super important part of the sound that we have come to love oh yeah dude i mean anybody that's anybody's recorded a studio fredman <laughs> yeah you know it's just the way it is uh if you're a band from sweden or surrounding areas this is where you want to record or if you're a diehard fan of that sound oh yeah yep that dude can bring it out of you he's like the scott burns of uh of uh sweden you know you can just say he's a genius <laughs> yeah he's great um, he, he really he really is. I, I don't think he's really given as much credit as some other as some other producers are. Um, that's a dude I'd love to sit down and do a discuss metal with. Oh my god. I think a lot of producers, especially metal producers, know exactly who that is and give him all the credit that he does deserve. I just don't think mainstream populace listens to enough metal to pay attention to the name studio fredman i mean he got some really good stuff out of it man and you know hell yes haven again like if you if you couldn't predict that haven was gonna be a record have you not been listening to dark tranquility because this is clear like if you did you miss projector because i could kind of understand that like if you went straight from the mind's eye to haven it would be pretty jarring it would be a bit of a surprise to be all traditional melodic metal at this point without any sense of ah, in the record 
Well, there is. I mean, he still screams. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same scream that you get on the gallery or the mind's eye. I think the screaming's more emotional on this record, really. Um, and the singing is, ugh. It, dude, it is. It is like it's got to be. It's like porn for dudes like Jeff, because it's like, <laughs> it's like. Hang almost, on, I have a question. Jeff, is that true? <laughs> oh, it, no, it, it very much is. I mean, this is the stuff that I I love. I mean, that it, it, it it's what. Yeah, I, I could. Uh, a leaf blower on this one, man, because it's just that's. There's that fucking beep again. No, I mean, it, but I understand it too. Like, it's not really my preference. Like, this is not obviously not like my favorite Dark Tranquility record. But I don't hate it, and I and I understand why it exists. And again, I think you know because, and then I know I know everybody's going to be like, well, so it's okay for Dark Tranquility to do this, but it's not okay for In Flames to do it. And I would say the difference is number one, just talent. Uh, In Flames is a band, or let me rephrase that: In Flames was a band that could play melodic death metal very, very well but maybe weren't so skilled in playing other types of music. Dark Tranquility is a band that is very skilled and has a lot of different elements and can kind of go in a variety of different directions and actually have the chops to back it up. In Flames didn't have that. So if In Flames goes to clean vocals, you have to suffer through album after album of Anders trying to do good clean vocals uh, to varying degrees of success, whereas Michael Stani is a great singer naturally and so if he throws down some clean vocals you know you're not going to get some shit you're still going to get quality it's my same argument if you're going to make if you're going to make melodic or poppy music just do it really well this is an exact example of that and i guess that's the other challenge that we have too you know whenever anders does sound uh good with his clean vocals it's number one he's getting uh he's being harmonized with or number two he's getting a shit ton of production help and that's just something that Michael Stane just does not require, um, because not everybody can have that that level uh, of ability. I mean, it, it, you know, unfortunately, you know, people were just not created equal, you know, when it comes to really anything in life. And this is one thing that Stane just completely succeeds uh, uh, far and beyond most human beings could possibly even imagine doing. And and that's the reason why, you know, Dark Tranquility is, uh, you know, a band that we love because let, let's face it, when it's all said and done, it, unless you are a um, an instrumental band, you know, vocals are just imperatively important to the dynamic of the sound. And it's the most noticeable because it's the most relatable because, we, you know, generally speaking, we can we can all speak. You know, and that's the reason why we make that connection, and why frontmen become so popular and so famous uh, in music. So yeah, I get it, it and it's it's good in it when it comes to dark tranquility music. When it is compared to other music, in my opinion, it's still great, and I, I think that's what makes you know it's another thing that makes this band special is that it they really didn't put out very many clunkers, and even when it's a clunker. To some people, you have people like us that say, no, we like Stane's clean vocals. It's not a clunker. And I would make the claim that it makes more sense in the context of Dark Tranquility than it did for In Flames. We progressively made the change. We slowly eased into it. It took five records, but the transition made sense in the year 2000. It makes sense 
that we would get the mind's eye projector and then Haven. You're not going to get colors immediately following the silent circus. If you did, it might be a little strange for some fans of that band. Might get a little janky, yeah. It's like, wait, you went from doing these bursts of speed that had melody in them to full-on progressive concept record? Yeah, I think it's really weird, too, because like we talk about how it's not like... Like how it's so ballsy and so risky of the band to do it. Um, but like their guitarist, Nicholas Sundin said, you know, like, yeah, I, he's like, I don't really like this album as much. He goes, it's too safe. And it, the band, uh, like, like that, that album just didn't have a whole lot of variation, uh, which I think is valid. I mean, I, I do, I like, if I have any criticism for Haven is that it kind of does kind of meld together for me, but I still like the song. I'm never like, fuck this and turn it off. You know, uh, but it's it's definitely um, goes for more of a vibe than necessarily trying to have great songs. Yep, agreed. Are we ready for damage done? Oh yeah, two thousand and two. It's like we brought back just enough of the heavy, intense blast beat from the Mind's Eye, but we still kept the melody. I think this is the point when Dark Tranquility sounds like the band that I think of when I say you should listen to Dark Tranquility. Yeah, this is uh, the first album in a while where there's no clean vocals. I think this is a really safe record for them. It's safe, but I fucking love it. It's safe in the lack of melody. Again, it makes sense for this band. I can't explain why the flow of the records makes so much sense to me, but at no point do I get upset because this one's not heavy enough. This one's not melodic enough. It still sounds like I'm listening to Dark Tranquility. Well, yeah, because there's a couple of things that I really like about this. Number one, I, I it's not that I, I dislike Stane's clean vocals. I've, I've made it abundantly clear that I love them uh, for that fact. But he, he's so brutal, man. And then you, you kind of get like that whole uh, dual lead guitar melody stuff that you had from like the gallery and stuff. That's the shit that I love. I love whenever you're you have two lead guitarists just fucking going to town. That and there's there's some of that on here just like there was on the gallery, and that's what I love that shit. This to me sounds like the other half of Projector, in the sense that like Projector was like half Haven, half the Mind's Eye. Uh, this is like the other half. So Haven was like the clean melodic side of Projector as a full album, and this is the heavier side of Projector as a full album. And, uh, and I think it really works, and I think it's what the fans wanted. You know, it's, it's not winning any awards for being, like, the most original Dark Tranquility album, but it feels good to be pandered to uh, <laughs> as, a, as a fan of melodic death metal. And, but they do come out of this sounding different. This is, this is leaps and bounds different than The Mind's Eye or The Gallery. This is, this is straight on, like, more, more futuristic sounding. They kept the electronics in full force. And so what you get is a much more modern-sounding band uh, in the 2000s. Modern in what way? Are we talking about the early 2000s when Gothenburg death metal started to influence the American mainstream radio sound? Is Dark Tranquility tapping into some of that? Or are they just ahead of the curve doing exactly what they've been doing the whole time? It just happens to be that everybody started to rip off that sound. I think in the early 2000s, melodic death metal, or specifically Gothenburg death metal, changed. 
And a lot of that is due to the hard work of having to put out an album like Haven. Like, you know, In Flames was doing Clayman, I think, at the time. Which, you know, if you compare it to Horacle or Jester Race, is kind of a different sounding beast altogether. Uh, and this is very much the same thing, where they are changing what the elements of melodic death metal are. I think earlier on, you had those kind of folky influences. You had those almost medieval sounds. And there were a lot of Iron Maiden. Like, let's be real. Like, early Gothenburg music was kind of like, how do we be brutal but also still play like Iron Maiden? <laughs> and here, there's more of a focus on, like, like almost simpler riffs, but not like in a watered-down way, just in a, like, a, we, we want to make this sound our own and not make the influences seem as uh, transparent. Yeah, it, it, the early stuff, I think that's also where like uh, some of the folk metal comes from, um, was some of that early melodic death metal stuff. But yeah, it's they, they kind of they left that part behind, and then, I don't know, this just, this is a pretty much straightforward, you know, kick-ass, take names, and uh, they sound great while doing it, and I think that's why this is one of my favorite albums. Is it one of the safest albums that they've done? Eh, probably, but like Dan said, sometimes you like to be pandered to. <laughs> and that, in this instance, that's definitely the case for me. It's called fan service. <laughs> we like yep. it. And we do. And uh, they did it right. It, it sounds great. I love it. And uh, I have uh, zero complaints. I don't care if people say it's playing it safe or not. To me, it just sounds good. Well, let's be real here. This is a great album. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Great, 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 great. And I thought it was like the peak of everything that they were. And then I heard character. 2005. Gentlemen, we have returned to the mid-90s. We're bringing back that overly fast, aggressive guitars playing against each other like I mentioned earlier. It's an old school blackened death metal release three two one go the 90s this is not like 90s star tranquility at all this is absolutely damage done era dark tranquility but they've sped up it's like somebody put fucking speed in their in their coffee or something the the brutality the speed the the up the up in production is just absolutely one like this is this is this is probably the first Dark Tranquility record a lot of people in America even heard, uh, and and I gotta say, man, like if you compare this to what Influ to what In Flames was doing in two thousand five, there there's no there's no debate as to who's the better band. Uh, this is this has got all of their previous elements combined into one, but they've taken they've taken the electronics of the last three albums, which. It's been three albums now, so it's a regular part of their sound. This is super fast, super futuristic, super sci-fi, and you know th th this is the this is the kind of Gothenburg death metal that paves the way for an Arch Enemy or for a um, you know for like a uh, Scar Symmetry or, or bands like that. This is this is melodic death metal taken to the next level, and they have such a penchant for catchy songwriting on this. No clean vocals, no bullshit. It's like literally just Dark Tranquility doing what they do best, but faster and heavier. Yeah, it's like you said. It's it is it really is a continuation of Damage Done, it, but it like one and a half speed. <laughs> and you're not it's, ready it's, for it. 
No, well, it's it's you know it's all thrills, no frills. I mean, that's really what this album is. It's they really you know to put some more cliches in there. They they trim the fat off. I mean, this shit is just just brutal metal. I mean, it's just fucking awesome. I, I think this is this might be my favorite al- album of theirs. Oh, this is absolutely my favorite, hands down. Uh, yeah, th- it is. It, it yeah, like you said. I mean, it, it, how can you go wrong? I mean, it's so fucking good. I mean, this is. Oh, I just can't. I can't get past it. Like the the first track, the new build. I was not expecting. I think this is more brutal than they've ever been, except maybe on the first record. But it didn't sound as good on the first record as it does here. Uh, right, that's because they were brutal and spastic. Yes. I mean, now they're now they're brutal with a cause. It's that you feeling know, you get. Yeah, it's that feeling you get when you're listening to a record and you know the people that are playing it are like masters of the style. It's not the same feeling you get whenever you hear a really like a fresh, like really energetic young band. You can tell that these guys are just so fucking good at what they do that they can just put this out like it's nothing. And uh, I love, I love the song title, "The New Build," because I play a lot of action RPGs, and um, you know I like that aspect of they're like, okay, you look at the, you look at our first, uh, you know, you look at our first three albums. That was one build. We were going for the melodic, kind of gothic sort of sound. Then we then we changed our build up to like you know um, more of like a keyboard heavy clean vocal type of sound or whatever. But check this out. This is the new build. This is the one that this is the one for end game content. This is this is it. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I I play a lot of action RPGs too, so I I, I totally get it. That's like you, you just found the uh, the new OP build and you, you just fucking love it and you just. It just mows everything else down. That's kind of how the the feeling is when listening to this album. Uh, I, you know, I I'm coming from probably a different place in the fact that I had heard Dark Tranquility before this album came out. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, it's still the best Dark Tranquility album in my opinion. Uh, it it's just it was the perfect storm. It just everything fits so well. I mean, it, it's like you said, like it, it sounds like they did this effort effortlessly it makes me think of uh like like mashuga i mean that's how they that's how i feel with them they're just like boom another fucking album and it oh god this is so good I mean, that's i put dark tranquility on that same pedestal of just consistency and constantly giving us great music they just they don't take a day off all their music is good and it, I, I love them. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands of all time for a reason. Yeah, and this and is album it, number eight. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to listen to these guys. You know, even if you, I don't know, you, obviously you got to like this music, type of music, to say that it's easy to listen to. You know, if I if I play this in the car for my wife, she'd probably want to murder me if I played <laughs> it all the time. <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? But for us, I mean, listening to this is so good. It's so easy. I mean, yeah, they have so many albums in their discography, but God, it was it's so easy to do this episode because it's so easy to listen to the music because it's its good. You, you, you can't, there's no, like I said, there's no taking a day off. They just are consistently bring a solid effort, album in, album out, and you really can't ask for much more from a band than that. I mean, that's just, they're just fantastic. Does this band listen to the fan base or... Do they just have an overall plan where the next thing we put out is going to have this much of the three elements that we want to put into it? 
if it's not what you're into, don't worry. The next one's going to have the inverse. We're going to have more of the heavy if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for more of the melody, well, you're going to hear that too. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It all flows together. It all consistently picks up where you want it to on the next release. Well, I don't think that they, um, if they listen to what the quote-unquote fanboys say, they never would have put out Projector. I mean, uh, let's make that abundantly clear, okay? Because, you know, it, it, it's, it did at that time on that album, it split the fan base, you know? But I do think that they, uh, they just have a knack of being able to figure out what will work well next while also somewhat keeping a finger on the pulse of what the fans think. Uh, you know, they walk that tightrope really, really well. Uh, and that's the reason why all these years later, the people who love them still love them. Well, Jeff, I'm going to ask, is everything you just said a huge load of fiction? Oh, definitely not. 2007. <laughs> I love how this one just starts off beefy. These records usually start with an onslaught of guitars or an onslaught of atmospheric elements that remind you that the next hour of your life is going to be a little bit slower than the last record. This one, it's double bass, it's the bass player, and then the riffs start. We're going full force again, but here comes the melody. The keyboards again. They weren't missing on the last record, but they didn't have the same feel. Now, the balance is just a little bit different. I just don't know how they were able to do this again. I mean, they, they keep all of the heaviness of character on this record. Might even be a little heavier in places. There's like a little bit more blasting and stuff. But then Stani's like, you know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't thrown any of those melodic vocals. Last two records... You know, he's like, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, stretch a little bit here. And, uh, and he does it and he works it into the newer, more brutal sound effortlessly. And I just don't understand it. And I, I it frustrates me to know that there's people out there that have that level of talent. You know, that's, but that's exactly what makes it work is because they have such a large palette to choose from and not everybody has as large of a palette as this band does so the fact that they are proficient at several things and in several styles allows them to pull in and make something fresh uh, even if it's something that they pulled from before the the way that they mix it in is just a little different and that's what makes it so appealing uh, and why we talk about how some bands it just sounds like they just do things effortlessly and this is it's another great release and i i think this is really the one the fiction is what put them on the map here in the states if i'm not mistaken this was really when they started hitting their stride doing a lot of big the fest a lot of the big festivals and stuff over here i think you're right i knew about the band before that but they weren't a name that i saw everywhere i looked and then after fiction Dark Tranquility was always on the bill or they were always part of the discussion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that I think that this band had kind of a new beginning with character and you know, they 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 expanded on that and I think that they're I think that in a lot of ways they're going through kind of the same sort of musical journey they went through in the 90s, but like now people care worldwide in, in a way that maybe they didn't before. 
And is that more because of the kill switch engage as a lay dying popularity of the early 2000s? I think I think metalcore fans probably jumped onto this pretty hard, you know, uh, because the, because you know it, at first you start off listening to shit like Unearth and and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, okay. Um, but I, I heard some dude in a black shirt that everybody hates, uh, you know, say that like, oh well, this isn't. These bands are just ripping off of these European bands. So then a band like a band like Dark Tranquility come you know you know has an album like Character or like Fiction and you're like, oh, "Okay, now I'm listening to the real shit." And then that's that's your kind of your first step into into like checking shit out for yourself and finding out like who the real originators of these sorts of styles are. And so but at the same time they're delivering music that would still kind of appeal to that maybe that sing scream sensibility but it's got a finesse to it to where you don't feel like you're just listening to whatever newest hot topic schlock is out there yeah and the other thing too is you know this is really around the time that uh you know digital digital streaming uh libraries became started to become more prevalent too so the ability to check it out on your own uh you had the capabilities too you know this is you know spotify pandora all that kind of stuff was coming out. So even if you started a Pandora radio station on Killswitch Engage, well, you know, guess what? You're going to have some melodic death metal that's going to magically appear on there because, well, it's pretty obvious. But at that time, it wasn't obvious if you weren't already exposed to it. So learning and discovering this stuff was pretty cool. And then so whenever that 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 dude in the black shirt that nobody likes was telling you that how everybody was ripping off these you know european bands he started to discover oh well that uh, that curly haired dude with the beard and the black shirt that nobody likes kind of fucking knew what he was talking about i mean i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> i love metalcore though but anyway the uh i know i know i know i'm just giving you shit dude because yeah you, you're the reason you're the reason why i'm on the on the show and <laughs> originally and i didn't know that you knew this this stuff like you know you were the first person that I ever met that had a passion for this outside of a couple of guys I knew from high school. So yeah, it, it was really cool knowing that there's somebody else that whenever I throw out a band name, I'm like, oh yeah, no, they're they're from this. And I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. Somebody else that loves this stuff. And now we have a podcast that does this. This is so, you know, it's so cool that there's people around the world that get to unite and, and talk about this shit. Absolutely. Totally. Well, are we ready, gentlemen? Yeah, I think we are. I'm enough of my bullshit fiction. 2010. We are the void. Okay, so <laughs> this is not a bad record, but what I'm about to say is going to make you think that I think that. <laughs> um, this this record is very much fiction part two. It sounds just like fiction, but like if I'm being real here, it almost feels like the B sides off of fiction. It's another Mudvayne situation where they put out two records very close to each other, and one of them is very clearly just what was left over from the previous session. I don't know if it's that, but it it definitely feels, feels that way. It feels that way. Like, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, if hypothetically speaking, if this is the leftovers, their leftovers are still, generally speaking, much better than what everybody else is doing at the time. Yeah, it's like finding a warm cheeseburger in the trash can. You know what I mean? Like, it's still probably fine. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't take it that Do you part. frequently take cheeseburgers out of trash cans? I was just thinking about George getting, what was that, a, 
uh, Suzy Q out of the trash can? I haven't gotten an answer to my question yet. <laughs> I'm just choosing not to answer it. Clearly, clearly, I, I thought something is normal that other people don't think is normal. Anyway, it, dep- uh, it depends on if you're having to eat bre- bean sprouts every day. Oh, oh my yeah. god, I do love those bean sprouts. But anyway, um, it's like I'm eating grass <laughs> from outside, and because it tastes bad, mm. it makes me feel like I'm making a good decision. But anyway, yummy. Uh, yeah, it just this this feels like leftovers, and maybe it's not leftovers. Maybe it is a completely originally composed album, but you know, I I, I think maybe it could have just been a lack of in, like inspiration, you know, because like character and fiction were huge for the band, like worldwide. They had that appeal in the states, you know. Fiction really really skyrocketed them to a new level, so it makes sense that the next release would be kind of more in the vein of fiction. But it's not necessarily as guitar heavy as no, as fiction. Not. It's it's more it, more melodrama. Keyboard. Yeah, more keyboard driven. Remember what I said earlier about the balances and if we wanted more of this or less of this, wait till the next record. This is the one where they just focus on the keyboard. It's for somebody. It makes sense to somebody. It might be the actual bottom of the barrel for dark tranquility. Gravity is a universal force that eventually pulls everything to the bottom. So just because this one might not be as good as all the other records, it's still a good record. It's just not the one I'm going to reach for. I would yeah, definitely be... go ahead. I would definitely listen to it like right after fiction, but I'm not just gonna grab it and put it on as its own product. It almost has to have that preceding album to work. Yeah, this is one of the last ones I'm gonna grab. And that's you know, that's just because there's so much good music they put out. It's not that this is bad. This is good. It's just that there's a lot of their, most of their stuff is great instead of good. And that and that's, you know, that, tell you what, what what a terrible problem to have. Oh yeah, you know, I have I have too much good dark too, tranquility. No, I have too much great and only a couple good. I mean that. I mean, how fucking rough is life if that's the issue? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's called, that's called first world problems. Well, we've got two left, gentlemen. 2013, Construct. Do you remember earlier whenever I said there's a possibility that this band might go full on rock opera on us? I do recall you making some offhanded comparison to a band called Savior Machine. Oh, no, it's not like that at all. Uh, <laughs> but this is, this is like the haven of the newer era Dark Tranquility. Very much so. Um, it is. This this is where it's like less metal and almost more like hard rock influenced, and I think it works really really well actually, um, because I feel like if they had put out another character, they put out another fiction. They already technically put out two fictions, right? Um, I don't think I would have received it as well. Because I, I'd, I'd be kind of sick of it at this point. I'd be a little burned out. I mean, I've got like 10 albums by Dark Tranquility. Like, come on. You know, like, um, this one is, it's interesting what they did. They slowed everything down to an extent. They made the music really dark, very moody, very atmospheric. And, but at the same time, very big. So, you know, you mix in, you mix in the clean vocals. You, you've got the electronics that have really never gone away. You've got, you've got all the keyboards. You've got all of this great production value. And what they give us is a record that sounds markedly different than the previous three, really. And um, I think it kicks ass. I think it's 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 different and it's fun. 
even even more so than Haven. I think this is this is a bigger departure, but a more digestible one. Yeah, it's a bigger departure because I mean the band was bluntly honest. The fact that they had writer's block on this album, and they just you know I guess there is such a thing as too much of a good thing because that's kind of where they were at, and uh, it it still sounds good, but it is very different. I think it's different enough, but it's more of Dark Tranquility just doing something that they wanted to do. You know, if Haven was this rock opera for the year 2000, it had been 13 years and they're going to do that again. And this is writer's block. It still yeah, fits together. It still works. It just doesn't sound like everything else that they'd put out up till this point. I actually think it sounds the most like a Between the Buried and Me style concept record. Because, yes, it can be intense, but then they put in these huge gaps in the music where it breathes more than you expect it to for a band that plays blackened death metal or Gothenburg death metal. It's a concept album without the lofty concept, and I kind of I like that about it. It's more, more feeling uh, than, than it is like we're trying to deliver a specific type of message or story and 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 i like that it's you, you get all the good stuff out of a concept record without all the fluff of having to think about it yeah the pretentiousness is gone yeah and i don't think this band ever was pretentious really no no i'm talking about whenever you're talking about concept albums there's generally a pretentiousness up your own ass kind of feel to it and i don't get that on this that's that's all i'm trying to say i'm in other, I think we're trying to say the same thing. We're just saying it. In yeah, ways. and it's super fresh and it's super cool. And that's what I appreciated about it is that this late in their career, they're still kind of surprising me a little bit. And they're being, I don't know, man. Like these guys are so good at reining stuff in. It's like, yeah, we could be super brutal, but maybe not. Like maybe we could just try to like, we could do something more melodic, more emotional, something more in line with who we are as people instead of trying to match some level of brutality. Uh, but then at the same time being like, but the fans are still going to want us to play something that's somewhat familiar to them. How do we, how do we mend those? How do we do what we want, but not tank our album sales? And that's how you do that. Construct, Dark Tranquility, look it up. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're faced with that dilemma, this is a good, this is a good example. 2016, Atoma. Is this the concept record taken to its extreme by Dark Tranquility? I don't know if it's a concept record. Is it a concept record? It know. sounds like a concept record. It sounds like an orchestrated piece of music that flows between songs. This is not a... Uh, th this is a band that, strangely enough, I really don't pay much attention to the lyrics of. <laughs> really? But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, I like the ones that I, that I can hear, but I don't really like... I don't know. I don't put too much into it, to be honest. For some reason, Gothenburg bands, I'm not, like, super into the lyrics. Yeah, see... I don't mind this album because I like bands like Catatonia. It, there's definitely that kind of feel on this album as far as that progression is concerned. If, you know, when we talk about like, you know, looking forward and what is the next album going to be, you know, since we don't have the next album yet, I think if we're going to be looking at something like Dead End Kings from Catatonia, you know, something like that, where it's going to be more of the, uh, it's just going to be more chilled out and, and laid back kind of kind of feel across the board. And they're going to do it in the right way. You know, I mean, o Opeth did it too. I mean, there's the progression makes sense. You know, you can only have a passion for making music for so long. 
before you start you need you burn out you need to change things and there's you know they have lost members because of that burnout you know the, the for the rest of the guys to keep going you, you have to have that some sort of progression uh to make it work over an extended period of time but yeah this is this is a great album it's probably not the dark tranquility for everybody uh, but it definitely scratches the itch for me this is this is right up my alley i love this kind of music and i am not going to apologize to anybody for loving this kind of music it, it's definitely different you know if you go back a few albums you know there's this is you know very very different but i love it i totally agree i i really like this record too it's it sounds fresh it's very similar to the previous album without like it, but it's not similar the way that We Are the Void and Fiction was. It's it's just more of kind of a progression on that style. But they also kind of go a little bit heavier. Like they still keep the melodic death metal in there. Again, it's it, it's the classic like if you're only here for Godzilla, that's here too. But we got this other cool stuff going on too that I think you're going to really like. So, you know, make sure to check that out too. So yeah, I mean, it's a great record. It's kind of the last one we kind of get with them for now. Do we know what's up? I mean, are they on a, it's been four years. Is this just, do we know anything? Do we have any news? I I, I have to admit, I've kind of uh, taken myself out of uh, social media. I haven't been following anybody for several months now. I mean, do we know any new news on these guys? Is something coming in the pipes or anything? Or is it all quiet on the home front? I don't know because they had said something about like last year about doing a new album um stani posted and said like oh yeah we're gathering material and starting pre-production um but then this year in march really recently um nicholas sundin said that he was leaving the band and um you know uh, a week later they announced that they were still writing a new album and they're uh including their two touring guitarists as full members. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of them is one of the Amat brothers. So, I mean, that's always good, <laughs> always good stuff. But yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems kind of up in the air if you ask me. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Sundin fan. So, yeah. Final thoughts on Dark Tranquility. Jeff. This band is uh, kind of like the, the, the one person who always does their job always shows up to work on time whenever you need something they're always there but they never quite seem to get the credit they deserve that's kind of what for me what dark tranquility is they are just day in day out year in year out they're just always there always giving you good music and but they don't have that one like incredibly flashy thing that they did it's just so constant and so good you just get used to them always being there and always doing the right thing that you you kind of take them for granted and i think a lot of people take dark tranquility for granted and don't realize just how fucking good they are and i strongly recommend everybody take the time and listen to the sonic progression uh that is their discography it's one of the few where i can say you can go from start to finish without you know getting tired and bored uh, the way that they progress throughout their albums is fantastic and uh, you know the fact that we like i've said before that when we sit here and we listen to these albums non-stop for a couple weeks straight 
it's such a breath of fresh air when you have somebody that just does it right all the time like these guys it's a joy to listen to them it's a privilege whenever in the position that we're in it's a it's a true privilege to being able to listen to these guys because you know it's going to be a good week because you're not going to sit there and like oh shit i gotta listen to this fucking album four more times before i'm comfortable talking about it no these these guys it's so easy to listen to it to that 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 once you get to the fourth time it doesn't matter They're, they're just that good so yeah i I just strongly recommend if you haven't listened to all their discography, do yourself a favor, treat yourself and and listen to these guys. They're just that good. Dan, what about you? I think if you want to hear good Gothenburg, I know I shit on Gothenburg death metal all the time on this show because there's a lot of it and a lot of it's crap. Uh, But don't sleep on Dark Tranquility. They are not only originators of the style, but also one of the few bands in that style that was willing to push it forward. So they're important in that in that regard, and I think that I, I think that you're going to be in for a good time, especially if you were unhappy with the directions that In Flames went in uh, later on in their career. I think Dark Tranquility is going to be your cup of tea. Dark Tranquility is a solid band. They always deliver something that is worth listening to and is entertaining. They don't fall into a trope. They don't drag their heels and try to change the style and cash in on something with a dramatic member change or we just don't want to play death metal anymore but we're still dark tranquility they have a core set of musical values and influences and creative decisions that they pick from based on what record they want to make that year it all balances out in the end. Even at their worst, it's still a good record. So nothing in this discography is a bad record to listen to. You might be shocked if you skip a few. You won't know how they got there, but if you're willing to take the journey and follow them through their career, it all seems to make sense, and it's all good to listen to. So you should be listening to Dark Tranquility. Damn, what's your album of the week? Veil of Remembrance by Crimson Moonlight. That's one hell of a black metal record. You should check it out like right now. Jeff, what about you? All right. I'm going to buck the trend again. I'm going with MIA with Tangy. Love that fucking album. For me, it's David Bowie, Hunky Dory. There's your trend. <laughs> Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and thought to yourself, I would really like for them to talk about this other band. They keep saying it's on the master list, but I don't believe them. Well, you're going to have to just send us a message and let us know that maybe we forgot or maybe it's not on the master list and, and, and you were wrong. But it's okay. I can help you with that. You can always reach out to us on Facebook.com slash Discography Discussion, on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can check out our other podcast, Discuss Metal, at DiscussMetal.com. You can always join our Discord server. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you right there. And the best thing that we have going on right now would be our T-shirts and merch and all that good stuff over on our Teespring store. There's a link there. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, that is a great way to do it. And on that note, this has been episode 181 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. 
Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. The only chance is not to waste your life. Half open, have no fear. The truth walks by your side.